Welcome to More Than Words, a podcast about treating the whole child brought to you by the Reading and Language Learning Center. I'm your host, Tristan, and today I'm joined by mental health specialist, Dr. Kathleen Orziniak-Webb to discuss cognitive behavioral basics. Hi, Kathleen. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm wonderful. We're happy to have you here. And we want to start by just having you introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do. Sure, sure. I am a clinical psychologist. I'm based out of Avon, Connecticut, right outside of Hartford. And I have a group practice called Greater Hartford Wellness. And we work with children, teens, and adults and families. And we provide individual family therapy. We also do a fair amount of um, psychoeducation. We do play therapy. We provide group therapy. And we also do workshops. Cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. And so you said you're in Avon, Connecticut. So that's where people can find you if they're like yes. in the area right. and online, where would people go to find you? Yeah. So our website is greaterharfordwellness.com. Great. We're also on Instagram, Greater Hartford Wellness, and we're on Facebook, Greater Hartford Wellness. And okay. so um, our online presence is one in which we really try to evoke inspiration and also education. So we do regularly post just helpful hints. Um, one of the other things about Greater Hartford Wellness is we're, we're really interested in general emotional health. So, um, you know, we believe, especially in light of the pandemic, I think all of us have learned just how important our emotional health is and it's just as important as our physical health and we need to take care of it. Right. We, um, I don't think we're taught to really pay attention to it and take care of it. So, um, a lot of what we do here at GHW is just building awareness and we certainly treat, Uh, more significant difficulties with it, but we also want everybody to understand that and learn and and figure out your own ways to take care of your emotional health. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'll link everything in the show notes so people can find you guys and look for all those helpful hints that you guys post. Well, let's just hop right into it. So first things first, we're talking about cognitive behavioral basics. So what is that? What are those? What are we, what are we saying here? Right. So cognitive behavioral. So cognitive is thought behavioral Mm -hmm. is our behavior, right? And it comes from um, a well-known theory that's been around for decades, cognitive behavior theory. Okay. Okay. And basically um, if, if we were doing a video, I would be drawing a a little triangle (laughs) and at each corner, one would be thoughts, one would be feelings and the other would be behavior. And so the theory goes is that what we're thinking about, meaning like what we're saying to ourselves, like our little sort of um, newsfeed in our brain, because we're always talking to ourselves, right? What we're thinking about has a lot to do with how we feel and ultimately what we do and choices we make. And so um, one of the things I love about using cognitive behavioral therapy, and you know, it's um, the acronym is CBT for short. Okay. Um, one of the things I love about CBT is that feelings, feelings are often really hard to like nail down, understand, you know, as much as we'd say like, yeah, I'd really like to just stop feeling anxious. We can't just like turn it off like a light. Right. So I feel like cognitive behavioral approach is really empowering and helpful because when we look at our thoughts, it's a way to sort of really nail that down and have an influence on our feelings and then ultimately affect, um, making better choices and 
living our lives the way we want to. So we, we kind of target the, the thinking part of it mm-hmm. to feel empowered and it, and it does shift. When we can shift and change how we're thinking about things, it does positively impact those other two points of the triangle, thinking, um, sorry, feelings and behavior. So yeah, it does take practice though. So we can get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. So Mm -hmm. I think the, before we, you know, got to this point, before we started this interview, we had talked about like Mm -hmm. what we were going to discuss and you mentioned self-talk. So what yes. is self-talk and why is it so important? Right. So our self-talk is, it's sort of like I was explaining, it's sort of that news feed in your head. And so I'll just make like right now, this moment as sort of an example. So we are, our brains are fascinating things and we are constantly filtering out information, right? So we're yeah. having a conversation, but I might be having all kinds of thoughts in my head that may be unrelated and not appropriate for our conversation. So maybe right. I might be thinking, gee, I'm kind of hungry right now. Mm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I think I'm going to get a snack after I'm done with this conversation, but I'm not going to say that out loud right? <laughs> because it doesn't fit. Right. And so basically our brain is working all the time and we're talking to ourselves. Some of us have more awareness of it than others, mm-hmm. but those, that self-talk is really, really powerful. It's super, it's like, you know, when we, when, when I teach this and um, work with folks um, on cognitive behavioral, I, I call it like a superpower. If you can, if you can kind of um, harness the self-talk and then learn how to make it shift and reframe mm-hmm. it. Oh my gosh, it's a game changer. It yeah. really is. So, so it's this powerful tool that a lot of us don't even know we have. Really. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It sounds incredibly powerful. So can you share like a couple, two or three maybe more of whatever you'd like, um, mm-hmm. benefits of focusing on that self-talk. Sure. Sure. I'll, you know, I'll use myself as an example. So if I have, um, one, if, if I'm feeling unsteady or unconfident, like not confident or anxious about something, one of the things that I do is I kind of tune into, all right, well, what am I saying to myself? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what am I saying to myself that is connected to, this lack of confidence or this anxiety or this worry about this event. So like, I'll say, you know, um, I'll, I'll equate it to taking a test because we can all relate to that. You know, <laughs> right. kids can relate to that adults. Uh, uh, you know, if I'm thinking, um, Oh gosh, this is going to be so hard. <sighs> I don't know how I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fail this test. Oh my gosh. I'm going to fail it. I'm, I'm going to do so bad. I'm not ready for this. It's going to be too hard. I can't do it. I can't do it. So those are kind of some examples of negative self-talk. The, the benefits of focusing on it is, and it, this is that tuning into, wait, I can shift this. I can make a change. And so it's incredibly empowering yeah. when you make that shift. Right. And it can feel like, whoa, I, have an, I can have an impact on my feelings. Wow. I can have an impact on my choices. Yeah. And you can like, really, there's like a real direct link to it. And so it's, it's really exciting because once you kind of get the hang of how to do it, then, you know, it becomes almost automatic. You get into this shift of like, so if you're, if you get some practice with it and you can kind of almost tag it in your brain, like, oh, that's not a helpful thought. Like, so we, we kind of address, um, is we ask the question, is it a helpful thought? And is it accurate? Because also sometimes too, we have thoughts 
that aren't really true. Yeah. So like to that, to that test example, I'm going to fail this test. Well, I don't know if I'm going to fail my test. <laughs> right. Like I, I, I'm not a fortune teller. Right. <laughs> so, so a lot of times we, and what we're, when we're thinking to ourselves, we often believe that it's true. We don't even question it. Right. And so it's that gentle questioning and doing it in a compassionate way too, because we also can be very hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't believe I'm thinking this way. Oh, why can't I get it together? And, you know, that can become very self-critical. So we shifted to like, just that, Hey, what's going on here? Oh, like almost like where's it, you know, like when you identify that thought, Oh, that's a red flag. Is this a helpful thought? Right. It's like saying to myself, I'm going to fail my test. A helpful thought. Not really. No, right. no. What's a more helpful thought. All right. How do I replace it? Okay. Well, you know, I've been paying attention in class. I've taken a lot of notes and I've got some time between now and my test. I can study. Like right. I, I got, I can have, a, I have a fighting chance here. Yeah. Okay. Let me do this. So that's wow. that shift. Right. right? And mm-hmm. so you, you gave some really good examples, especially for like kids who might be feeling anxious or anything about school. But what do you normally see? Like, if do you see kids and, you know, teach them kind of how to do this positive self-talk and then when do you see that shift and what does it look like? And what do parents normally say to you after they like start to see a change in their child's behaviors? Right. So um, there's a learning, there's a learning curve to it. Right. And so yeah. we practice, we first practice with um, some more sort of benign, um, less uh, anxiety provoking or upsetting <laughs> thoughts, right? right. To get practice of it. Cause if we, if we go right in for the jugular, they're going to be all aroused and ah! right. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to focus, hard to focus. So I usually, uh, and I, and I bring, I bring parents in on this too, because parents can grasp this kind of quicker often. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's often become sort of a conversation at first. Right. With parents and, and parents can help coach their child outside of our sessions mm-hmm. um, to just take perspective. So one of the one of the first ways we look at that is um, is there another way we can think about this? Mm-hmm. Is there is there is there another way? You know, I'll give you actually another kind of concrete example I usually start with. And this is this is a, a cornerstone of cognitive behavioral uh, theory is perspective taking. So if you're walking down the street. And you see your best friend across the street and you wave and you say, Hey, Hey, and they don't do anything. Hmm. They don't respond. So what are all the ways, what are all the things we might be thinking? Right. (laughs) So examples might be, Oh, are they mad at me? Are they ignoring me? Oh, I must've done something bad. Mm -hmm. I must've, I must've upset them. Right. Or. Another, another way of thinking about it is, oh, well, maybe they didn't hear me. Right. (laughs) Another one might be, oh, well, maybe they're like distracted by something. Maybe they didn't see me. So that's just like a very, uh, it's an example we can all sort of relate to, Yeah. but there's like vastly different possibilities. Right. Exactly. And so we, we start that process of like, well, what's another example? How could, what's another way of looking at it? Um, or, you know, another way of asking is like, well, do you like, how would your friend think about it that way? What, what do you think they would think? So, so it helps them be more flexible in their thinking rather than this sort of tunnel vision of it's, 
it's this way and this is the only way. Right. And because when there's a lot of feelings involved, we tend to get more rigid mm-hmm. and we tend to be less flexible. Right. So it's that, it's that just loosening up of thoughts and right. um, different perspectives. Okay. I'm not sure if I answered your question. If I- <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I just was wondering like what, um, after they've gotten some of the practice in, yeah. like, what do you see change other than like, you know, the self-talk, like what it, what kind of behavioral changes do you see in kids after they like right. the hang of it? Yeah. So, um, when I think about anxious kids, so a uh, lot time with the anxious kids, um, they end up trying to avoid situations that they don't like, right. right? Or um, they're afraid of. And so what we'll see is uh, they'll come back to my office and they'll report, hey, you know, I had to go to summer camp and I was really worried about X, Y, and Z, like, oh, I'm not going to know anybody. Mm -hmm. No one's going to talk to me, all these things. And then we walk through and talk through, all right, well, how did you, how did you like prepare yourself for going into a new situation? Well, I said to myself, you know, everybody is kind of in this position. Everyone's first day of camp is here. So maybe yeah. I'm not the only one. And maybe there's some other people that are looking to make friends too. Yeah. And um, maybe, you know, I, I think I'm going to like this camp because, you know, I like to swim and we're going to go swimming. Mm-hmm. And so it's that sort of like that talking through how did they replace their fearful and anxiety-ridden thoughts to more positive ones right. and ones that are more accurate, right? Yeah. Um, and so then, and then they'll, they'll tell the story. And again, you know, in an example with this, with this first day of camp thing, this is where parents are critical. Them sort of talking, you know, it can be on the way driving to camp. Hey, how are we going to, how can we look at this in a positive way? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, cueing the child to what's, what's something, what's something you might look forward to? What are, what's something that um, maybe you're not alone in? And so then they almost can say it out loud as opposed to just thinking it inside themselves. It's kind of nice to be able to kind of coach through that. And so then they can tell me the story, Hey, I went to camp and you know what? (sighs) I met a really cool friend. Oh, Oh, and you know what? I learned how to play tetherball. Yeah. And I, you know, and they can tell me and, you know, the week before maybe they were, they were digging their heels in like, I don't, I'm not going to go to camp. I know. No, I can't, I can't go to camp. It's going to be boring, right. you know? And, and so we're hearing all that, those negative kind of self-defeating thoughts and all those thoughts that don't encourage them to lean into that discomfort. Right. Right. Yeah. So wow. they can tell their success story that way. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, so do you have any. I mean, you've given a lot of tips, but do you have any tips to improve like positive self-talk for kids, teens, adults, anyone? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, much like, you know, there's so many, um, there's so much stuff out there. Uh, something that's pretty, pretty common. I don't know if folks, uh, listening have heard of like fixed mindset versus growth mindset. That's a really common thing in schools now. Okay. So there's lots of ways of kind of uh, just tipping it over. So like a fixed mindset might be, um, well, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do this thing. Right. Right. Or, or I, I failed at this. So it means I can't do it. Right. You know, in a fixed mindset, then there's like nowhere to go. Right. Right. Like 
I can't do it. I didn't do it. I failed at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a growth mindset is more related to, well, if I practice, I'll get better. Okay. Yeah. If I, um, if I keep trying, I will make a shift. Yeah. Right. It's so it's, so it's moving from that rigidity to that flexibility. Um, and, and so there's some cornerstones of that. So like improving self-talk, you know, perspective taking, is there another way of looking at this as mm-hmm. one? Okay. And then two kind of honing in on like that rigidity. Is there a different way I might be able to think about this in a little looser way? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, what I find that's really most important is it helpful because, you know, you can, a, a, a stubborn individual might be, you know, you might argue like, well, is this really true? I don't know if it's really true. Yeah, it's really true. But that helpful piece, you know, everybody can agree that telling yourself you're going to fail at a test is not it's a helpful, helpful thought right? <laughs> <laughs> or saying everyone's going to be mean at mean to me at camp. That's not a helpful thought. Right. So, so there's like, is it, what's going to be helpful to you? Right. I mean, I, I think that's probably the best starting point of like, is there a more helpful way? Is there a more useful way? And, and that, I think that also too, for kids, you know, that the the word positive, that, that sometimes it's kind of hard to understand for kids, but helpfulness kids know the help kids and people know helpfulness a lot more, um, uh, readily. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, and then I think this this maybe is my last question for you. Yeah. Um, do you have any like helpful resources um, to share with the audience? Yeah. So, like I said, CBT has been around forever. It's been yeah. decades. It's been around for decades. So, I have a few books that I like to um, utilize in in my practice. They could be handouts, but and. You can actually, uh, so the one I really like, it's a little old, but uh, Think Good, Feel Good. Ooh. And it's by uh, Paul Stollard. Um, those are, there's a lot of workbooks in here, but I will say too, I mean, if a parent wants to go on Amazon and if you just write cognitive behavioral workbook, yeah. I mean, a gajillion uh, options will pop up. <laughs> right. There's so, there's so many resources for this. So, um, you know, and it depends on, you know, what, what you might be struggling with. One of the nice things too, I should say this is um, it's a well-researched uh, theory. And so there's a lot, it's evidence-based. So yeah. um, it's, it has like really promising outcomes in the right. end, like kind of like what we talked through of like, right. okay, I, I learned this, I tried this and oh gosh, I have an outcome. And right. so there's like a pretty, pretty strong link and sequence to that. And so depending on what an individual might be struggling with, whether it's depression or anxiety, you can actually get content that's, you know, if you, if you have a, an anxious child, like CBT and anxiety, you will have like, there's resources based on symptom basically. Wow. Okay. That you can readily find. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, and this thing too, I mean, there's, there's a learning part of it. Um, but it's also something that parents can do with their kids. Right. Very cool. Okay. I lied. I did. That's not my last question for you. (laughs) Um, How long, I mean, everyone's different, right. But how long does it normally take before you see someone starting to like use their positive self-talk, like initiating it themselves more often than someone else telling them like, Hey, you could think about it this way. Right. So 
this is a tricky one. It's kind it it's sort of dependent on the individual, right? Yeah. So if if people people are quite stuck mm-hmm. and um if they are really rigid, uh, it might take a lot more practice. Right. And um and and if they've if they've been in their stuckness and they've made sort of uh behavioral changes that have kept them from doing things mm-hmm. for a while, it may be harder for them to change that. Um, you know, one other piece, I mean, I'm grossly oversimplifying cognitive behavioral therapy for this <laughs> conversation, right. but what, and, and, but, but I'll explain just a little, little part of it. So self-talk are also called automatic thoughts. Okay. okay. And so again, that's that, like, like what we're thinking, what we're saying to ourselves at all times, right. Mm-hmm. Those actually connect with some deeper cognitive processes in our brain, one of which is something called core beliefs. And so core beliefs are what we believe about ourselves and, um, and how we're in real time kind of, um, presenting and in, in the moment. And so core beliefs are developed by past experiences and also like messages we're taught, um, growing up. Right. And so if we have, for example, if we have like a lot of negative core beliefs about ourselves, like, oh, you know, I'm not smart. I can't, like, I'm not, I can't do that. I can't, if there's like a lot of deep seated kind of confidence, uh, negativity, negative view of self Mm -hmm. that, that will pop up and translate into self-talk that we have. Right. Right. So if we believe we have some of these, like some, some difficult core beliefs in here, that self-talk is going to, it's a version of that is going to pop up in our self-talk. And so depending on how your core beliefs are Mm -hmm. relates to to your point of, well, how long does this take? Right. Right. And so of course, um, if we can identify things early, much like many things, right. If we can identify things early, they, um, they're workable, right? right. Another piece of it too, is how motivated is a person? Mm-hmm. If a person is really, you know, even if I'm using the example of, you know, really not feeling good about themselves, not confident, but if they're really motivated to make a change, you got a captive audience. They're right. ready to go. All right, yeah. let's do this. Right. <laughs> so there's, there's the motivation, but then there's also this, how, how deep are we in this? Right. And again, I, I'm a big proponent of, you know, not like pathologizing or making people sick. Certainly people meet criteria for diagnoses, right? Mm-hmm. But this also relates to all of us, right. whether you have a diagnosis or not, right? Like how we're thinking about things, right? These are yeah. really helpful tools for everyone. Right. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I, th- I think that is my last question for you. It was okay, good to know cool. because I think, um, I'm sure you get that question a lot. Like how long is this going to take? Right. Sure. Especially with like parents and kids, you know? Um, yeah. and, and I can say like, everyone's different, but having that explanation, I think is really helpful. So people know like why it might take longer or shorter amount of time for different people. So thank you for right. explaining that. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, I think we're good. I just, um, I encourage folks to uh, explore. This is a, you know, cognitive behavioral basics. It's a really user-friendly and can you can connect outcomes pretty quickly. So it's, it's, well, 
I, I think it's kind of fun, but that's just because I do this for a living. Right. But right. it's, it's kind of interesting. And again, like I frame it to kids, like this is a superpower. You right. can figure this out. Oh my goodness. Right. This is going to change your life. And so we try, I try to really, you know, again, make it from a place of empowerment and excitement of like, yes, you can like increasing that self-efficacy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause people feel better when they can do it within themselves. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us today. This has been so interesting and I think super helpful to everyone that will listen. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. And thank you so much to the audience for listening. Make sure to leave us a little rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and we'll see you next time. Have a great rest of your day.